This is a Liverpool Echo podcast on Anfield Plus, the home of your daily podcasts, bringing you the inside track from Liverpool FC. Okay, everybody, welcome to another Poetry in Motion. Not to be confused with uh, Peter Newton's Poetry in Motion <laughs> that, he, that he, put, he put out recently. Uh, this is Neil Fitzmaurice's Poetry in Motion, the original and the best. Yes, indeed. On my uh, right-hand side is the one and only the delectable Debbie McGee to my Paul Daniels. <laughs> Joe oh, Rimmer. J-O-E. 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 Hello, Joe hello, Rimmer. How are you, son? You okay? I, w- I was good until you, you until you called me that. I, I always get... You'll, you'll get something really nice now, won't I you? haven't even thought I'm of anything. Petrified, no, to be honest. The beard's coming on. Yeah, it's good, it's good isn't it? Yeah, well, well, I didn't say it was good, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Over to my left. Hello there. Hello there. How are you doing? The Jane Torval to my Christmas <laughs> Eve. Oh, my word. This is a new low. <laughs> Very, very talented woman, Dan. I would never you know. dispute that. And I'm old enough to remember the Bolero and... Lightning on the ice. 84. So show. <laughs> Heavy on the eyes, lightning on the ice. Uh, welcome, Dan K. How are you, pal? Um, all the better for seeing you, my mate. Well, thank you very much, sir. Uh, let's hope that we can get through um, one of these modern technology podcasts <laughs> where people can hear us and can understand what we're saying. That'd be a bit of a first, wouldn't it? Be nice for me, anyway. Be Something to aim for, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Something to aim for. Dan, slow down. You stay on the mic. <laughs> there you go. You have been told. Um, so, uh, give you a little time lapse where we are at the moment. Give you a little, a little heads up on the time. So, England... One game away. The Belgium game is on, is, is on Thursday, isn't yep. it? Yeah, on Thursday. Um, done so far, we might as well kick off with them and, 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 and segue into the fact that we, I think personally Henderson gets a lot of stick uh, all the time. My brother just writes him off all the time. I actually said to my brother the other day, I said, I'll tell you what, Henderson, he went, nope. <laughs> I hadn't even finished it. Um, um, I'm going you know, to say, Jordan Henderson has been a revelation for the England team, I think. Uh, in the two games we've seen him, mean, I think he's been absolutely fantastic, Dan Kay. Jordan Henderson's a very good footballer. You know, I've said for years, you know, in some people's eyes, Liverpool fans and England eyes, they will never, ever, ever forgive him for not being Stephen Gerrard. And, <laughs> and you know, that's the end of, that's the long and short. Well, more fool him for not being Stephen Gerrard. Well, then. you know, we are who we are. Yeah. And he's, I think he's, what we're seeing now is the kind of the maturity of a player that's really, that's had to suffer, you know, and it's had to kind of prove people wrong pretty much right the way throughout his career. And it was, uh, I mean, there was this laughable article, wasn't there, last week in the aftermath of the first game uh, from one of our sister titles, and not a million miles away from here, saying that one of their, one of the players that played for one of their teams, mm. i.e. Raheem Sterling, would never punch his weight for England because he's only got the likes of Jordan Henderson behind him. And, you know, a lot of people quite rightly took them to task for it. I saw one or two amusing tweets, and they, I think after one of the, after one of the big teams had, had flaked one of the earlier games in Brazil or Spain, tongue-in-cheek blaming him for that as well mm. and I think it's almost become fashionable to to blame players like Henderson now but I, I, I didn't see I, I was at the cricket on Sunday so I didn't see much of the Panama game but he <coughs> he played well against them in the first match for England against Tunisia wasn't it yeah and he clearly is a fixture in the team and uh you know ultimately I'm a you know I'm not massively bothered about England but if if Liverpool's players have a good World Cup they're going to be better for us next season so I hope Jordan and Trent should he get a run out um, do the biz well I'd like to think that Trent might get a run out against Belgium it all depends on how he's going to pitch it but uh, you, your views on Henderson Joe well I'm glad Dan mentioned that article because um, you didn't mention that I wrote a response to it which was um, of course Joe yeah, wrote yeah, a brilliant yeah, response yeah, to it if you, you haven't go. read it you're as it was, as I am it was, um, it was labelled by one Twitter user a cheerleading response which it annoyed me a little bit it's not, it's, it's not a cheerleading response but when I th- saw that article I thought it was very unfair on Henderson and I do think a lot of the criticism is unfair of him Look, is he the best footballer in the world? No. Is he the worst footballer in the world? Absolutely not. And he doesn't deserve this constant stream of 
criticism that he gets that he's not good enough. And the debate about him is getting a bit tiresome now, I think. But at the same time, I, I always, I'll always defend him because I always think there's a place in the football pitch for a, for a player like Henderson. He doesn't catch the eye. He does keep things ticking over. And I was always a fan of the likes of Lucas for that that reason. And, and now Henderson. Um, I think that's the point. It's keeping things ticking over rather than doing these dynamic yeah. runs. Through. Well, look, we all we all love the players with dy- dynamism. Um, Easy for you. I knew I was going to struggle <laughs> taking that word on, but I went for it. But um, I mean, it's interesting to see in the, uh, the Panama game. It was his idea to do the set piece that led to the goal because you'd see him call the players that, over. Way, it was a it. great move, and and they're being lo- you know they're being they're being uh, applauded for for being the best set set piece team at the moment in the, in the cup, and, and rightly so. But that was Henderson calling them over, and you could see him mm-hmm. quite clearly saying, "Let's do this, let's do this." Uh, and it was his actual dink mm-hmm. when he come come for it Good short, yeah. knocked it over to for the. So I, you know, give him like you said before, he gets so much stick. Let's give him a bit of credit. Um, he's doing very well. He's keeping diet out as I said before, and um, long may continue for him. Yeah. Really. Did, did you see him? He pulled one player because because Panama. Look, look, let's face it. You can only play what's in front of you, but Panama are Panama, and let's not get too overexcited about anyone's performance against them. But I've seen a couple of times Panama resorted to some, let's say, physical tactics, and I've seen a couple of times Henderson pull one or two England players aside and, and sort of have a word with them. And, and whilst Harry Kane is the captain and does lead by example and, and does very well to do that, I still think Henderson's a, another leader on that pitch for England and is a great talker and is someone that's yeah. very mature and... Yeah. And he's used to it, isn't he? He's used yeah, to the captaincy yeah, yeah. with it being Liverpool, so he, yeah. he, he's used to it. Although he doesn't, he's not known for his vocality at Liverpool, but he seems to be doing it there. I always remember the phrase that um, Eric Cantona, of all people, um, coined for Didier Deschamps, who you know, obviously ended up lifting the World Cup for France 20 years ago, but obviously a very accomplished player at the top of the European and the World game. And he described him as a water carrier, and which maybe was damning him with faint praise to a certain degree. But you know, every like you just said, Neil, every team needs. It's like a cake, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You can't have a cake with all icing or all... Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got to have all the elements yeah. working together. And Henderson does a lot of those unseen, ugly, unglam- unglamorous, donkey work type jobs yeah. that every single team needs. And, you know, I, I think there's been an awakening, certainly amongst a lot of Liverpool supporters in the last couple of years, as to what he really offers to the side. I think some people... And it's not just Liverpool fans, kind of like, I've taken this position on a player, I'm never going to swear from it. It's always kept the feeling with some people, you always want them to fail. Mm. They, they want a player to fail just so they're, just so they're proved right. But I think, I think the scales have fallen from the eyes of a lot of Liverpool fans as, as regards to Henderson. And if England do well in this tournament, then that may well happen you know, in the wider footballing public as well. And, and good luck to the lad, because he's, he's a good, honest pro, gives yeah, everything yeah. every time he crosses that white line. Yeah. And yeah, we deserves a break. He did. You know, I'd love to see him lift the trophy one day. Because yeah, I he's, would yeah. as well. Yeah. He's been through the hard yards with us. And Didier Deschamps, whatever happened to him? Uh, we we could meet him somewhere along the way. He's of course the coach of of the French national team, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I'll take Joe's word. Seeing as he is almost half French, okay. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. almost half. May we? Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Be yeah, fighting sure. miles if they they. Zoot a law. Now, <laughs> while we're on the subject of the World Cup, uh, VAR. Is, uh, is on everyone's lips every football fan's lips anyway rightly or wrongly um, watched it last night with the um, uh, the Iranian Portugal game very very nearly cost Portugal a place in the World Cup not that I'd have been complaining too much I've got to be honest with you but um, I'll, I'll ask you both separately now what you think of VAR I'll just chuck mine in first VAR I, I, I get the reasons why it's been brought along but Surely, it's it's. I know maybe a major tournament like this was possibly not the best birthplace for it in that respect because you're going to get different referees doing different things. But um, the concept of it, I agree with. I just think I just think the problem is that we're still putting the 
power in the in uh, and the mistakes in the hands of the officials, the referees. One was made last night. It was quite clear. So you wonder where the confusion is here. So so you had you had last night's situation with the with the, with a penalty award to run. First of all, play in the box. Uh, it comes off his hand at the very least. If it touches it at all, it comes off his hand. Uh, the referee did nothing about it. Carried on play. Then VAR experts down the road in a truck uh, uh, decide to call him back. He looks at it. He looks at it. I mean, and then gives a penalty. Now in my there is accidental handball, and, and if yeah. they touched the hand at all, the guy didn't know anything about it, and yet a penalty is awarded. A penalty that they've scored, they convert brilliantly, I have to add, and then nearly knocked them out the World Cup with it. Joe, what are your views on VAR? I have a little theory, but, but let's get around the table first. The, the only thing worse than VAR is this tiresome debate about it, I, I think. <laughs> honestly... Cheers, Joe. I've got no real issue with it. I think it just needs a bit of fine-tuning, but I think... We need to welcome changes. We could be sitting here years ago talking about the offside rule and, and any other rules that have come in, more substitutes, and, and you just got to embrace them. And, and I think VAR eventually will settle down and will accept it as part of the game. Look, the, the first thing it's done is introduce more goals, isn't it? We've seen more yeah. goals in this World Cup because there are more penalties being 20 given. 20 penalties, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but, but I think that the issue with last night isn't so much with VAR. That's the handball rule being one of the most confusing rules. Do you have, does it have to be deliberate? How many deliberate handballs do we see full stop? Hardly any. So, look, I, I've got no real issue with it. It's, it's, it's still going to be subjective. The first goal in that game was a penalty. They, the referee immediately waved it away. Ronaldo was fouled or wasn't fouled, depending on your opinion. The referee waved it away. He got called back. He went over and had a look and changed his mind and said it was a penalty. And you might not agree. Mark Lawrence on commentary didn't agree with him. Um, he, he didn't think it was a penalty. But it's still going to be subjective. We can still have these debates and, and people who say it's... It, it, it's it's causing issues. Well, I've got no real issue with it. I think it's it's added a bit of excitement and a bit of edge to this World Cup. That's fair enough, Dan. Um, I'm not I'm not a massive fan. I have to be honest. I mean, I, I do kind of feel that the the you know, the push for VAR in many ways kind of sums up the priorities of the modern game because it seems to be it's, it is by and large catering for the TV viewer. Um, I wasn't at the West Brom game, the FA Cup defeat in January, which is, I think, the only time it's ever been an example in Anfield. But I know from speaking to friends who were there, it was a lousy experience in the ground because you just don't know what's going on. I did actually see Ian Doyle of this parish, I think, yesterday afternoon, coming up with a little scheme that kind of like one one of the ways to kind of only do it in grounds where they've at least got a big screen so that people can be, you know, see what the referees are seeing at the same time. As I mentioned just before, I was at the cricket on uh, Sunday at Lancaster Ground in the Whitewash Australia 5-0. Now, and, and as a lifelong cricket fan, I've seen how kind of like the use of technology has improved that. Probably probably 20 years since that's came in. Uh, but I only have, obviously, in the context of VR and the way it's going on at the moment, when there were a couple of incidents on Sunday and it goes up to, the, you know, and they're watching the replays, they actually piped over, which you see when you watch it on the telly, but they actually piped over the referee, you know, the, the, the video, well, the video umpires, discussions as they were watching it through and I thought that was really useful and really helpful yeah I've always liked that in rugby as well mm-hmm. when you can hear the referees when you can explain them what they're doing everyone's on the same page then but, but the, the, the kind of the key complaint that a lot of Liverpool fans had uh, had after that West Brom game was that we just don't know what's going on you know, you're sitting there you've paid good mm. money <clears> to <throat> attend this match and it seems like you're further down the pecking order in terms of knowing what's going on in importance as to the as opposed to people who were just sitting off watching it at home. 
I've, I mean, whether we like it or not, and I think as Joe said, it, the, 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 it just seems inexorable. It, I, I can't see it just being done away with. It's, it's to what degree it gets adopted ultimately. Yeah. Me personally, I kind of think the goal line technology is enough. We all remember the World Cup in eight years ago in South Africa when England got knocked out by Germany, but there was that Frank Lampard yeah, yeah. goal that was about four miles yeah. over the line. Yeah. That the, so, and obviously, that that is unacceptable. That shouldn't be allowed. But the beauty of the, the goal line technology is it's instantaneous. The referee gets the thing on his on his watch, and within seconds, there we are. We, 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 yeah, we know exactly what's going on. The pro, I think one of the key complaints a lot of people have with VR at the moment is the, the interminable amount of time it's taken and part of the problem is, is one other thing Joe mentioned there even with replays sometimes it's not cut and dried mm-hmm. so you know you can watch sometimes a replay of the same incident 10 times and 10 people might have 10 well, different opinions it, yeah. of it so so that so that that's another that's another thing that I think needs looking at the, the final point I'd make on it as well and this again ties into the cold kind of time issue to me it's a nonsense that you've got trained referees watching it all with all the replays there and then if, once they've kind of intervened in a situation, then the on-field referee then has to go over to the side of the pitch <clears throat> and watch it again himself. Yeah. To, it, <clears throat> if it was up to me, I would say, right, if, it, if this is coming in, the people watching it on telly, they have the authority to make a decision and overrule the referee. Because I think otherwise, you are going to get matches that go on for, forever. Well, I wonder whether or not they're influencing referee anyway, because, because for, that referee to, for that referee to watch it in, in normal time and not give any result at all then be called back to VAR and mm. then give it, tends to suggest to me that his mind's being changed for him. Well, and that, that's one of the things that worries me. And I think we have seen this in cricket. I think a lot of, a few people have commented on it in the last five, ten years is that because everyone knows that, they're, that their decisions, the officials know their decisions are going to be scrutinised even more closely now, a lot of them don't want to kind of take responsibility. And if there's any doubt in their mind, it's like, oh, well, we'll, we'll just, just, just bump it off to, to, the, to the video guy then. And you know, I think you know, it, it worries me that it will kind of lead to a decline in the, in the referee's ability to make decisions yeah. there and then. You know, and also as well, I worry the VAR is going to become the thing now. Rather, it's taken so much of the emphasis and so much of the focus off football at the moment, mm. off the games. You know, you got the crowd going Ooh, when these decisions come in, which is a really mm. sort of American thing to do. Yeah. And, and, and I just feel like it's taken the onus off it. Here's the idea I had. I put it on Twitter this morning. Is that if we're going to have it, if it is the less, if it is an acceptable evil that we're going to have, why don't we have a situation like learning from tennis, where each coach is allowed one VAR each? Mm, yeah. So it's the coach that makes the decision. So it's the manager of the particular teams. Two teams play in Everton Liverpool derby. In a ninety-minute game, you have one go each. And if you, you get can, it right, you keep it. Because I've heard some people, but because it's similar well, not, to similar to cricket, yeah, a, well, teams yeah, yeah. have two reviews each. Yeah. If you if the review goes against you, you've lost it. Yeah. Whereas if 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 you were correct to review it, you keep the review. But I also think. Over. But I also think that if they just had one each, right? You're guaranteed. You're probably guaranteed to have just. A, well, you're guaranteed to have a maximum of two per game. What I don't want to get is seven per game. Mm. What I don't want yeah. to get is five per game. Yeah. Because if they had one each, then that that way, of course, you've got to be really spared them with it. You've got to be really, really, you know. And do you use it in the 89th minute, or something might not happen to? to or if you it? haven't it used it in the 89th, thing. then you just use it for the sake yeah. of it. But that happens in cricket. A lot. But do you use it in the sixth minute and it doesn't <clears> work, and you don't get yeah. the result for it and you've wasted it? I think it would put a lot of the pressure off the referees and back onto the shoulders of of the teams and so you can't argue as much because you say well we had our VAR and it didn't work and it would also become part of the spectacle of the game wouldn't it like you mentioned tennis and I think the challenge system works well in tennis mm-hmm. it's become a part of the game yeah. where people almost enjoy seeing someone challenge a call 
And and I, and I yeah, I think I think that's a spot on way of doing it. But but everything you've said, it's all about fine tuning it. Yeah, it's not that the system's completely wrong. Yeah. It's about fine tuning it. And and I think what you're saying about the West Brom game, yeah, it was was a bit of a farce. Um, I wasn't there myself, but it was a bit of a farce in terms of there was a lot of waiting around for decisions. But that will come, won't it? That that will come. And as far far as big screens go, well, you can't just have it with for grounds with big screens because no, if no, a ground no. doesn't have a big screen yeah. then one team's got an advantage that's a shocking team. idea that but, but, yeah, Doyle. 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 Doyle yeah Doyle Clank, but, so. but eventually it'll settle down they'll find a way of fine tuning and also, I, th- and also I think I think what will happen is because we're on a world stage with the world stage comes a little bit more drama and I think once we have it domestically you'll find that referees will, will take on a, a, the onus of them particular domestic referees and, and they'll use it um, less or more than they need to. One thing that that is, it comes down in every World Cup, but it never ceases to annoy me is, is the antics of, the, of some of the players. Mm. We've seen some. I mean, Be- uh, Beppe for uh, Beppe. Oh, he's been Always been horrible. But I mean, that guy is an absolute shot. It's the old joke in it. I walked past the telly and bumped it when I said that he was on the floor. <laughs> you know, it, it, some of them are just absolutely scandalous. Aren't they holding their faces, rolling three or four or five times in a row? I mean, I presume they do that anyway, wherever they're doing their football. Because, but it's just, it just never seems to change, does do, it? Do you know what it always goes back to for me? Do you remember when Arsenal um, Eduardo dived against Celtic, and um, UEFA subsequently charged him after the game for diving, and Arsenal proved that scientifically that he had been touched, <laughs> and and therefore won their appeal, and and rather than say, well, hang on, he might have been touched, but that doesn't make you fall to the ground. Yeah. They. UEFA just took it, and then I think they backed off from challenging. But that Pepe one, there's no, there's no way they can't charge him and say you well, are, this is, you this, are acting, you're play acting. And it's this has been one of the points that have been raised, and rightly so, is there hasn't been any, any, um, uh, any um, damage done by people doing yeah, this. Any, yeah. So any of these players like Pepe falling over, they're yeah. not getting done for it. No, there's there's no. been no punitive action about it. So. No. so it's just they're allowed to get away with it. Surely they should be starting to throw cards out here. Not one of these of these dives has been has been brought with a yellow card. It it, it it staggers me that kind of like particularly in a World Cup where you know that every single match is televised has an enormous global audience analysed from a million different camera angles, and obviously in the era that we live in with social media, players just seem completely utterly shameless with it and just don't seem to care. And if 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 they reckon they're going to be able to claim an advantage for their team, then they're quite happy to put up with whatever kind of brickbats come their way. On the other side of it, I've, I've, I've said for years that until referees and officials start basically... What the point Joe made before about kind of you know, Arsenal's appeal that proved he'd been touched. And that's the kind of thing now. It, it's, it, it's so often given as a justification. Oh, well, he touched me, so I went yeah, down. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a physical contact sport. And... It, I, I don't understand There's how. only one thing that's going to stop it, and that's getting punished for doing it, isn't it? Well, yeah, but, but, but the other thing that I've always felt as well, we've all, I can't, we've all seen examples where a player has been clipped and has tried to stay on their feet and has just about stayed on their feet but lost the momentum and haven't been given the foul. Mm. And I've, all, I've said on many, many, I've, I've said for years, until referees start giving fouls for those kind of incidents yeah players are going to feel that they have no alternative but to go down mm. it's it's a charter for divers until they start saying right you, you try to stay on your feet but you've lost the momentum of the move i'm giving the foul and giving the penalty yeah players feel well 
what else can I do? It is an accepted law now, isn't yeah. it? If a striker's get in the box, try and get on the deck. I mean, that's yeah. it's, it's amazing how it's changed, isn't it? Do you remember a Sheffield United first game of the season? I was there Gerard, the goal, Gerard yeah. was caught. Jackie Elker, I think, with a challenge, wasn't it? He, yeah, and he tried to turn his feet, and he, he ends up scuffing a shot, and the goalkeeper saved Neil Warner went bananas. And Warner went bananas, because the referee after the game... What was the referee's name? Um forget anyway but the referee said after the game that the reason <laughs> the reason he gave that penalty is because Gerard was was put off basically he was caught and and that's exactly the didn't point score but but rather than praise any Gerard get any praise for trying to stay on his feet and try and score yeah. there was a all the criticism was like oh because he didn't he didn't hit the, the deck and he, he managed to have yeah. a shot that it shouldn't have been a penalty and I thought well it's the because opposite, it's, isn't it? He's well, done it's ex- well. It's exactly what playing advantage is, yeah, isn't exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. advantage, didn't get anything from the advantage, uh, and so you, so you pull it back. Yeah, definitely. But it is an interesting one. It'll roar on. Yeah, oh, it, ain't gonna, it ain't going away anywhere. Excuse me, that instant Joe referred to was 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that that still seems the most kind of yeah. recent example of it shows that... But it's just and Neil so Warnock obvious was to moaning. Me. That's weird, yeah, isn't it? It's weird, strange. I was watching before. a bit of classic at match of the day uh, before it came out today, and the black and white stuff. Leeds United against uh, Southampton, and they. And one of the Southampton players, I mean, he went through this Leeds United player <laughs> with both feet. I think he was in a... I think, that I famous 7-0 one? I think his mate was rolling him in a wheelbarrow right through. <laughs> and the commentator went, no, I don't see anything wrong with that challenge there. Clearly won the ball. I mean, it was it, when you look at... Well, unless you're Jared Piquet, uh, you, you don't tend to get <laughs> well, away with that anymore. I mean, if we've all seen... You know, there, there's no getting away from it. In the, fa- in the past, skillful players were kicked out of the game. Yeah. And, you know, I do, I do kind of think there is something to be said for the game protecting the player's ability to turn and yeah, we all ultimately we all want to see skillful football at the same time we all also want to see good blunder thunder tackling as well so that there's a balance to be struck between it and but it seems like you know all these years on we're not that much further any nearer to finding it unfortunately no one thing that the uh, world cup is bringing of course with every game and every play we see is more uh, transfer rumours, transfer <laughs> gossip. Liverpool, who aren't Liverpool buying? Uh, Sillison uh, as goalkeeper is back on the agenda now because obviously uh, Allison's gone. Well, he's, he's on the verge of going to Real. It looks like it's a pretty done deal, doesn't it? I'm not. I'm not sure what the deal's done, but I think the feeling like that's now where he is wants to go, he wants to go, yeah, there. He and, to go there. And Liverpool have proven in the past that if they don't want to come, what did Klopp say about pushing the train? He wants players to come and push the train, not jump on it when it's rolling. And he said that. Basically, if, if you don't want to come and play for that's Liverpool, that's if the train's actually on the schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's German club, so it should be. It's always <laughs> on time. But but they, yeah. If players don't want to come and be a part of it, then um, I think he always moves on to other targets. So I think if Allison wants to go elsewhere, he won't get a move to Liverpool. Well, he's well. I mean, so um, uh, Sillison is getting rumoured about anyway, uh, and also Hakim Zayek. Uh, Moroccan mm. player they're out anyway now uh, what do we know about him is he decent so it's basically every attacking midfielder in the world is on Liverpool's radar if you to, if you to believe what you're being told but Hakim Zayek any good? From what I've seen of him which is really just at this World Cup I, c- I couldn't really tell you uh, the things I've read about him he scored a few goals I think because it's set pieces that sort of thing but very very inconsistent I can't see it. Is the Fakir deal definitely off that you know, guys? I know you were rumouring that it might be might be going now. They're talking Land United's been thrown in the in the in the in the mix now. They're saying he's possibly staying at Leon. I think it's one of these where kind of like because of the way it's developed thus far, I think people are gonna until well until he either signs for someone or we get to August the ninth and the window's shut. I think people are always going to be wondering and discussing and speculating. Because obviously it's clearly a position that Liverpool are looking to yeah. to build on, but I think I think after the way that everything was played out so publicly in the media, 
initially, I think the two parties, whether they are talking or not, whatever happens will be behind closed doors. So it'll just be us left to kind of like try and read the smoke signals. <laughs> be interesting. I think that it's it's a confusing one because everyone in France says Liverpool after the medical went back to Leon tried to renegotiate a deal which had, a fee which had already been agreed and Leon said no pulled out whereas Liverpool insist that they pulled out the deal but the fact that John Michel Aulis the, the Leon president has spent the weekend talking about the player and and has mentioned Real Madrid Man United Liverpool him leaving him staying him signing a new contract that says to me that he's still very much open to selling him and hoping to get the best deal. Um, so, I don't know, J- James Pearce said yesterday he'd be surprised if Liverpool go- went back for him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the deal came back on the table, only because we know what Klopp's like when he wants a player. He's very, very single-minded and he, he he's very prepared to be patient, prepared to push a deal through. And it seems that he's, he's, he's hell-bent on trying to get a, yeah. a, 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 a an official Coutinho yeah, yeah, he's looking for that yeah. type of player, isn't he? Well, it, it looked like you know, Fakir was the one he had his heart set on. Um, you know, it, it all comes down ultimately to how severe and worrying that these uh, you know supposed medical issues that have been brought up are. Yeah, you know, we've all we've all got mates. We've all been hearing rumours. Yeah, you know, one, one lad said to me, "Oh, yeah, they've been told that you know, he's only got two years left in him, and you know, for fifty odd million, you can't." Amazing how they know that. Don't but they? well, yeah, you know, everyone's got a mate of a mate who works at Melbourne or blah blah. My mate Dave works in the bookies. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, like Joe said, you know, I think. Klopp in the you know nearly three years he's been in now has shown that he won't be rushed, he won't be bullied, he won't be kind of like knocked off track. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I would also hope as well you, you can be too stubborn, you can't be too intransigent, and sometimes you do have to kind of go back to the drawing board a little bit. I think where I'd be amazed if by the time we get to the start of the season we haven't got an extra body in there because it's clear that we need one. You know, but Chamberlain may not be back till the new year. Because so there's well, it's, yeah, Chamberlain may not be back. And the line is the jury still out over yeah, his. Yeah, yeah. There's also Luan, isn't there? The uh, Brazilian player plays for Gremillo at the moment, but he's just come from left, well, from left midfield, and he? he's come from left field. <laughs> I mean, it's just um, this one's just come right at the blue, John. Yeah, it's just silly season. Luan has, has actually been linked with Liverpool on and off for about eighteen months. He just appears and then goes away, and I think he's just one of them that is is a great bit of paper talk and an easy one to link with Liverpool. But I, don't, I think if Liverpool had ever wanted him, either come long long ago one player we have got uh, who's taken the, the, the famed number 8 shirt Naby Keita is on his way I was at the um, the tennis tournament in um, in Egbeth fantastic it's brilliant, brilliant. brilliant were you there uh, I went last year yeah, it was really a great good, yeah. event really well put together really well run really uh, real pleasure to be here um, bumped into some of my old Radio City friends uh, Toby Gillis I mean, you know Toby uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great lad a very very good sports reporter journalist commentator um, he's been commentating on the Bundesliga all last season and they made a beeline to tell me what a player this fella is. He said, you have no idea what he's getting. Uh, an extraordinary footballer. Um, he named three players that he was like all in one. Kante, Gerrard. He mentioned the third, I can't even remember because Kante and Gerrard is not for me. Um, <laughs> but just said he's, a, he's an absolute piece of work and he said, and he, what, what was interesting, he said the Premier League don't understand what you've got yet, which is a great thing because, because uh, fingers crossed, you know, we've got ourselves a bit of a special player. Well, we all hope so. I mean, I, you know, I remember when he signed last summer, I was, I was in a, a lovely little boozer over the water and the, 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 it kind of comes slightly out of the blue. Obviously, it's been linked for so long and it seemed like, well, it's not going to happen this year. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we signed him, but for next year. So it's been kind of like a slow burner. But it, what it, what that did give, obviously, was an opportunity for us to kind of like keep an eye on Leipzig 
over the course of the season, obviously Casey's performances. And I certainly, whenever there was a Bundesliga game on, I would be looking to check if it was Leipzig. And I think yeah. I probably watched him three or four occasions over the course of the season. And he does look to have Exciting. the game. He's got an exciting turn of pace, hasn't he? Best yeah. right. And a very direct runner. Yeah. He, he, look, he, yeah. Yeah, he does look very well suited to the Premier League. You know, to, to the blood and thunder, the, the rough and tumble of our game. You know, he's got, he's got the energy. He's got an eye for a pass. He wants to get his foot in. It looks like he's got a bit of needle to him. And... Um, you know, he, he looks like in many ways that you know what we've been missing in the middle of the park for a long, long time, and I think everybody. You know, I think he arrived in Liverpool last week, was it? Yeah. Um, I think they yeah. said there were pictures doing the rounds, and you, you know, you would hope that the, one of the advantages of having him, but you know, basically the, the signing he read last year was that he'll have you know, his house set up, mm. he'll have been learning English, mm. so he should really be in the, in the perfect place to hit the ground running, and get us off to the kind of start to the season that we all really feel that we need. Very, very exciting. You knew where you were. I was in the Liverpool Museum with uh, with uh, my missus and, so, and my kids and, and the child that my missus looks after. And um, looking at dinosaur bones when I shouted, get him, we've got Cater. And it didn't go down very well at all. Um, but uh, yeah, a very exciting proposition, John. Massively. I, I remember we were sitting outside Subway, myself, Andy Bank Kelly. Bank Holiday Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, Bank yeah, Holiday yeah. Monday, yeah. lovely day. And um, it had been a quiet day, so we thought, we'll wonder, I'll get some lunch. We're sitting there and Andy goes, Oh shit! They've signed Kate, and we've got to get back to the desk. And we all go running back to the desks, and, and yeah, it, it did come out the blue. But I don't think I, I remember a signing. Probably Torres is the only sign that I remember people being this excited about because it hasn't with, helped up with that wait a season yeah, for them. But, but built the anticipation, hasn't it? The, it's it's yeah, all the anticipation has bubbled all season, and every time you've seen him, he, he does look like he fits the profile of what Liverpool need. He is he's got a great turn of pace, great dribbler. Like Dan said, a bit of needle. He's been sent off a few times this yeah. year. But I, th- I think almost Liverpool fans, all right, they won't want to get sent off every other week. But no. they certainly want someone who can put their foot in, who can fight for the goals. And he can bounce the ball from outside the box as well. He, he can do that as well. some great goals. He just seems to have to have some great attributes. So can't wait to see him in action. And he could make his debut a week on Saturday at Chester. Yeah, that's So right. one to watch, isn't it? Very, very exciting news ahead. All right, while we're on the subject of Liverpool, of course, that's what the whole podcast about so we'll always be on the subject of the pool uh, a very contentious <laughs> issue um, uh, very tricky one I get asked it a lot because obviously my history with Hillsborough and stuff and I get asked about it a lot but it's the safe standard um, the, the MPs are looking at it now in fact the, 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 the MP has said that she's open to open to the idea of it um, I know that a, 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 a lot of people from the Spirit of Shankly went up to Celtic to talk about the to see how it's organised. I was with him, yeah. you, Were you there? Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go, Dan. You can tell us much more about it. Um, I get asked it a lot. I, my my quick opinion on it is this: it's, it's very hard for us to un to disconnect ourselves from the emotional side of the mm. issue um, because of the Hillsborough and because of of the of the connotations of that. But I would say my my answer has always been ask the, ask the families what they think and and then take take a take a um, the average of what that what is going on with that and see what they feel about it. It's something that affects them and lives with them much more than it lives with the rest of us. Um, but then you qualify that against the fact that I spent two hundred and eighty pounds for a Champions League ticket and stood up all the way through it. Stood next to the fellas next to me I've never met before in my life who just stood and watched the game with me. Mm. You the cop stands. And it's whether or not you then go, well, look, this is an issue that we have to deal with and we have to deal with it properly. Because if this is going to be the issue where people are going to stand anyway, we have to make it a, a, a safer environment for them to be in. Uh, the safe standing I've seen is, seems to be, uh, seems to be a, a decent answer. You know more about it, Dan, fill us in a bit. Well, the, yes, so, so where we are is that yesterday um, there was a, a Westminster Hall debate into all the issues raised by safe standing on the back of the uh, online petition that was launched earlier this year 
uh, that got over 100,000 signatures, which obviously then triggered one of these debates. And a lot of a lot of MPs um, got up and had their say about it. They would think there was a little workshop in Westminster before where they actually set up one of the rail seats so people could actually come and talk to people that know about it and, and see how it works and so on. And the result of that is that the sports minister, Tracy Crouch, who only three or four months ago in April uh, turned down West Brom's application to have a rail seating thing in the uh, part of the Hawthorns next season. And also, you know, um, ra- rather foolishly said that it only seems to be a vocal minority that are interested. Um, announced that there will be a full government review into it, and I think they're expecting the initial findings of that to be released before the end of the year. I mean, I think the the most encouraging thing about it, I think, is that for, for, and look like you quite rightly said, Neil, your point of view, and I think the point of view for the vast majority of people, certainly within this city, is that we would all, always take our lead on what should happen from the Hillsborough families. Um, they are very much divided on it. Some yeah. people feel very strongly against it and some people feel very strongly for it and so you know by a logical conclusion whatever happens some people aren't going to be happy that you know whatever's decided and unfortunately that that is going to be a, the, the sad reality of it but in but in the looking at it from a, a wider context i think what's what no one whoever wherever anyone's coming to this from i think everyone should be able to recognize that people should be allowed to air their views and have a proper civilized debate about it and examine all the issues and what's encouraging now is that it is being taken seriously and the, the, you know the, the fundamental thing that i took from the trip up to, to glasgow at the end of march with the spirit of shankly group and the other were hillsborough families and survivors part of that trip as well it's absolutely clear and this was made abundantly clear yesterday during the during the, the debate as well is that safety is absolutely at the foremost yeah, at, at the forefront of it and what was interesting and you know and, and you can see the video of it on the Echo website because obviously we've done a story on this today just saying what's happened and it is going to be reviewed. The police up in Glasgow actually said it's not just safe, it's safer than what's happening now. The reality is football supporters have been standing persistently and in numbers at matches in in all-season stadiums for years and years and years. And there's times when it is unsafe and we all sometimes laugh about after a great win or some great goals, you got bruised on the back of your legs. But you know, people have ended up with injuries, you know, because it, it's it can be very very uncomfortable. I've done my shin once. And, I did my shin once. It was an absolute killer, right down the shin on the wooden yeah. on the back of the wooden seat. Well, I've, I've heard of people end up with, with broken bones and so on. The other the other element as well, of course, is choice. You know, there's, there's some people who will end up in a section where everyone's standing, and whether they're old or they're young or they're infirm or they're ill, they can't they can't or don't want to stand. Yeah. So. It, you know, or then you have the people standing in front and ruining yeah, the people exactly. for the people who can't. I mean, I'm I'm don't. I'm just about old enough to have stood on the cop. I stood on the cop fairly regularly between '91 and '94, and then obviously been you know going to football and standing you know at, at times in all season stadiums since then. And you know, one of the one of the reasons I've always felt quite strongly about it is because of you know it, to me you know there there has been a dilution of of the culture of the game I grew up with. <coughs> Since all Caesar since all Caesar stadiums have come in, um, you know, sadly, you know, also as well, if you look around the world, all Caesar stadiums are not a panacea. People, sadly, tragically, have died mm. in all Caesar stadiums. Not in this country, but I think there's been about half a dozen incidents around 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 the world in the last 20, 25, 30 years where that has happened. So it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how things play out now. Uh, there's going to be, you know, proper, real kind of root and branch examination of all the issues at hand. Um, and we'll just have to kind of see how it develops. But I'm 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 pleased that you know 
people have been willing and prepared to engage with the debate and let's see where it takes us. Do you think, Joe, that a lot of the country and a lot of, the, or certainly a lot of MPs are waiting for Liverpool to take the lead on this because of the sensitivity of the subject? Yeah, perhaps so. Um, it's, it's difficult for me to comment on. I, I was not old enough to have stood in the cop. I was one at the time of Hillsborough. I've not, I've not lived through it like like other people have. So I think that they should, they should take take the lead on it, and they should have a huge say in it. But Dan's right in what he was saying about, you know, my season ticket was always in the main stand, and in, and it's an area of the ground that I think a lot of people in there want to sit. But you do get younger people who come and they want to stand, and it, it does sometimes create problems. And I've seen older guys be upset because they've either had to stand up, and that it's not good for them. So I think. It might solve some issues, but what they need to do is just take their time, yeah. be patient, and work through it very, very slowly, and make sure that they get it absolutely spot on. When if they, and I think by the look, the way things are going, I think eventually it will come in in some grounds in the Premier League. Um, but I think they need to get it absolutely spot on and make sure it's it's perfect before they do. It's a, it's a hugely sensitive subject. I, I'll just add as a caveat to it. Of course, I was old enough to stand in the cup, and I was at the Hillsborough Crush. Um, and the one thing I must add to it is the. The events that led to Hillsborough and what happened during the course of the events at Hillsborough were nothing to do, um, were nothing to do with, 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 with groups of people standing up in that respect. It was to do with the safety breaches that led to that day. The fact that the ground was the wrong size, the, the, the fact that it wasn't up to standards, the fact that you walked down on an angle to get into the ground, the fact that there were so many factors as someone who stood on the cop every single week um, leading up to Hillsborough, leading up to all that, it was just it, it it was designed better. You walked up to get into the cop. You walked up steps, not down. Any volume, massive people walking down, there's there's a there's a there's a possibility that one's going to trip and cause an avalanche yeah. of people. You walked down to get into that. It was a death trap. It was a it was a it was a really really badly uh, conceived idea from start to finish that led to the events of Hillsborough. And it, so I would say that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Joe, and I'm with you, Dan, I'm, I'm very much, it is a very sensitive issue. We should respect the rights of the families of the victims. Um, but I think, that, I think that we should also be open to the idea that if, if a section is allowed to do it and as a section is given the opportunity to do it, then it, it will be a lot safer for them particular people. Well, um, but the Hillsborough was very much about other factors, not about a group of people standing together. Absolutely. And I think one of the, one of the key things to remember in all this is that what's being proposed is fundamentally different from the terraces of the 70s and 80s in every single way um, there are you, actually seats aren't there and not that they'd ever well, be used but there are actually well, seats well, well they have to be because UEFA regulations mean that yeah. you know for European matches they have to be all seater so this new design basically means that kind of like when when the rail seats are going to be used for, for people to stand the seat is literally just flipped up yeah. and locked into the upright position um, but to be honest, if you go to a lot of grounds around Europe, or even kind of like some place in this country as well, the seats themselves don't actually have backs. It's only a lot of the modern stadiums that do. So a lot of them, it, it is just kind of like a you know a square on the ground. Mm. But, but the, the, the key point I'm trying to make here is that with these proposed standing areas, every single person has their own designated amount of personal space. By and large, only virtually the same amount of space they would have if it was a seat. So the kind of the overcrowding that obviously you know happened to, to, to lethal effect in 1989 physically cannot happen. No. But at the same time, you know, it's 
it's an enormously delicate and sensitive yeah. sub- subject subject for so many people and, and I, I can totally understand and get why in spite you can have all the most rational logical arguments in the world if you're trying to explain it to someone whose only experience of standing at football before this was sending a loved one to a match in Sheffield in 1989 yeah. and not coming home doesn't matter how good your arguments mm-hmm. are it's never yeah, going to sit well with them and I, and I do get that and that's why like I say one of the really sad things about it is that whatever happens some people are going to be disappointed yeah well put mate well put all right well it will obviously the debate will rage on i'm sure you've all got your opinions as well as you sit and listen to this for 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 good or for or for bad um but uh you know it will it will it will rage on but uh, it is a very sensitive issue certainly coming from from this particular football club all right let's round off then let's go back to uh, obviously the biggest sport event in the world at the moment the world cup um england's in a dilemma now aren't they yeah they're in a dilemma about 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 uh, finishing first or second because it, it, technically you could say that finishing second might be a better course for them but I think I, I, I was listening to something yesterday and, the, and, uh, and whoever was commentating said if Liverpool if, if England <laughs> Freudian slip there. Freudian slip it's the only time I'll be talking about England so you might as well if they do finish second in the group they'll uh, they, further down the line they meet Mexico but if they finish first they might they might uh, come up against Germany or Brazil well on, on current form I'd rather avoid Mexico than Germany yeah. and Brazil yes. so is, what do you think about that do you think you should just go out and win the games that are in front of them you go out and win the games in front here and, and whoever you have to face you have to face and I know it's a bit of a cliche but if you want to win the competition or you want to reach a, the last of stages you're going to have to beat a, a big name yeah. you're going to have to beat a Germany or a Brazil or, so and, and I think as well from England's point of view the, the way they're playing if they beat Belgium and do top the group then they'll feel confident. A team like Brazil or Germany, I mean, they've got great, great quality. And I, I do think we'll see the best of them as the tournament progresses. But perhaps, perhaps now is the best time to play them. Perhaps you want to play them in the in the first knockout round rather than I think in it'd the, be the quarters, wouldn't it? Would it be the quarters? Yeah, I think it'd be, that's yeah there was. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. yeah sorry, it would be, but, but that you know, you, you want to meet them. You want to meet them earlier in the competition rather than at the, the semi final yeah. if they get there, which I, I don't think England will. I think we're all getting a little bit carried away after a win over Panama, but. Hey, you, you've got to beat them and watching Germany the other day I still think they've got great quality and, and that by the way that Germany-Sweden game I don't know whether you watched it oh, I was terrific match I thought it was the night, best yeah. match of the World Cup so far it was absolutely fantastic brilliant, brilliant I'm, I, unfortunately I missed it it was one of the days that I missed I was taking my son to Warwick University on an open day so I will forever be blaming him he <laughs> <laughs> reflected in, his, in, in, in the money he gets you liked Warwick University though didn't you Warwick University yeah. is an outstanding yeah, education facility yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it was incredible yeah. it's got a nightclub on it for God's sake <laughs> I, can oh. me, I can see my son next to me just glazing over it, it was amazing <laughs> did, did these hate mature students I was thinking about that I was thinking about doing that old school the Will Feddle film coming back myself with me cocky Dan um, I, I just think momentum is an important thing in football. I don't yeah. think you can pick and choose when to turn it on and off like like a tap. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to be too too cool for school. I'm generally kind of one of these who'd rather see Liverpool win a throw in than hang them in the World Cup. <laughs> but you know, like we were saying last week, you know, I, I, it's good. That's whether it was a throw in VAR. Be good for Henderson, particularly good for Trent if he can get on. I'd, I'd agree with Joe. Yeah, I, I think there doesn't seem to be an outstanding team in this World Cup. I do get the kind of feeling that maybe. It's, Listen to someone the other day, people saying, are we going to get a new, a new name on the trophy? There hasn't been a new one for a while. And you look at the likes of Croatia, Mexico, Colombia. There's you know, teams out there that kind of like, there's teams with better players, mm. but sometimes a better team will overcome a better group of individuals. And you know, Germany and Brazil do look like, obviously they've got some outstanding players, they've got the name, they've got the heritage, the history, but they've also got enormous pressure on them. Every time yeah. one of their players takes the field in a World Cup, 
and that pressure can be crippling for them. And I just wonder, is it going to be one of those kind of years where I think Messi's always, always suffered. I think yeah, don't think Messi has, has ever yeah. carried the mantle of of the of no. the national side well ever. Definitely. I mean, you only have to see that. It was quite laughable, really. They went down the line when the when the Argentinian national anthem was on, and they're all holding each other, you know, singing it. Gets to him at the end, and the answer's yeah. It looked like he was going, I've left the gas on. I don't believe it. It was last Thursday, wasn't it? I missed most of that game because he was playing footy, but I've seen it on Twitter, kind of all these pictures going around. He looked like he was kind of like it looked like a man. Really stressed. It looked like an Amazon advert, didn't it? Yeah, and it's kind of you know, it's sad when kind of like football can impose such massive, such a massive burden on someone. I mean, it's a huge game tonight, isn't it? Argentina, Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how, you know, can he cope with the pressure that's... I think ultimately you want the likes of Messi in a World Cup for as long as you can because he's a joy to watch. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think in terms of England, I think they should... No matter how many changes Bobby Brown choose decides to make for Belgium, I think I, th- I think realistically England should, should rest a couple of players because it's, you know, you're playing... The, a lot of matches in a fairly short space of time. There's also yellow card issues as well. Yeah, yeah. So, let's see Trent play next game. Let's see Trent get on. But at the same time, I, you know, I just think it's a dangerous game to play to kind of think, oh, we'll yeah. just kind of throw this game and then hope to pick it up again next week. Football doesn't work like that. Yeah, it is a stupid thing to do. I mean, you know, we are Liverpool fans essentially, but there is something to be said about the wave of euphoria that is carried with a performance like this or with I always remember 2012 Olympics it was just an extraordinary yeah, time was. and it's nice with the sunshine and to have some you know to see other people at least cheering away at it and at the end of the day I sit there you know Harry Kane scored five goals although I'm surprised he tried to claim that one off his heel that's not like him at all. Um, you can't have to take a penalty, though. That's how you that take a penalty. Seventy mile an hour. Absolutely. Time does it. Yeah. Uh, two meters in the air, and the second one was sixty-nine miles an hour, one point nine or one point seven meters, right in the corner. Whereas Ronaldo I broke the habits of a lifetime yesterday to try and claw up some salvage in the Fight Moon Fantasy World Cup team. I put Ronaldo in. And I put the mockers on it, didn't I? Yeah. Probably a woeful Ext- penalty. Extraordinary. Great save, though, as well, to be said. It is a great save with that, uh, you know. Cost we could find ourselves in a situation where England plays Senegal and Mane knocks it out the World Cup. No. <laughs> I don't know whether I'd be, I'd be kind of chuckling behind my pillow, actually, to be well, honest with you. Do you know the best thing that's happened at this World Cup so far is Senegal dancing. Did you see that clip? Oh, oh, tremendous. Just, just, to, the, to the ducktails. Yeah, yeah, that one is, yeah. It was absolutely tremendous. Just, well, that and their supporters yeah, cleaning clean, up the ground after themselves. That, you know, that, to me, you know, with a lot of people with a lot of things to say about people who aren't exactly like them these days and that to me was kind of that to me is what these kind of tournaments are all yeah, about that kind of yeah. everybody coming together for a you know and enjoying themselves but also having a sense of responsibility it's been wonderful when you consider there wasn't a few months ago that i was saying to people i'll tell you anyone going over there has got to be mad because these lunatic russians do you know what how, how how it's incredible how how you can be led down a particular path can't yeah. you and then yeah. realize that the truth of it is is this global competition where people are just shaking hands and having fun with each other? You know what I mean. How, how many times have we seen that at World Cups or big tournaments, where the, and, and and finals as well? You know, Ukraine being one is where the, the people in those countries and those cities want to show they want to show that yeah. it's a great country and a great place to go, and it's not what the, what is perceived. Of. And, and, and Russia's exactly it's the same. done it exactly done it, and, mm. and power to them for doing it. And I tell you what, there's some Russian second second division clubs going to get some great stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if they ever get built, that that one with the temporary stand in. Oh, that's extraordinary, isn't yeah. it? That's extraordinary. But there was one yesterday. I think it was one of the games yesterday, and it's a second division Russian club who's in there, isn't it? Who and plays? Who plays in Nishi Norigov? No, I don't know. <laughs> Nishi Norigov United, I think. <laughs> uh, listen, on that note, we're going to let end it here. Uh, don't f- we are making plans just to give it the little heads up again. We are going to do a sort of an Anfield extra live. We are working on the logistics of it, so you'll all be able to come along and uh, and, uh, and have your two penneth worth as well. It's been lovely once again speaking to Joe Rimmer and Dan Kay. You can follow them on at Dan Kay. 
At Joe Rimmer 88. And at Fitzy Fella. At Fitzy Fella, that's it. Uh, join us again for our next Poetry Emotion. Until then, uh, good luck to England, good luck to Hendo, good luck to Trent, and uh, good luck to Kate at our new number eight. I'll see you all again soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to an Anfield Plus podcast on the LFC Echo app.